When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. All right, Matt, we did it. We did it. We got here. We made it. We survived. Preseason is over. Obviously, not uh, not great for Bill Inspector to get hurt, but really, by and large, the Bills avoided major injury, which is great, but it is time to look ahead to the regular season, but still some things to clean up here. But man, it's been a long off season and it's finally here. Yeah, most people are going to be listening to this on Monday or Tuesday, which is two weeks before the start of the season for the Bills, 14 days away. Was mm-hmm. Chicago a little bit different this time around than it was the last time I saw your picture? Man, what a difference a couple months make, huh? <laughs> yeah, 20, December 24th uh, versus August 26th and very, very different weather in Chicago. But... The same result, the Bills win, this time 27-24. to 24. They beat the Chicago Bears, or 24-21. See, it's a preseason 24-21. 24-21, see? It's a three-point game. Uh, the Bills beat the Bears uh, this time in the preseason. So we're going to talk about that, but we're also going to get to what lies ahead here for the Bills in the time period that everybody's listening. And, you know, there's moving parts, the roster. By the time you hear this, everyone, like, there could be a lot of moves made that, you know, we didn't touch on because everything is happening so quickly and so fluid. So we'll get into all of that in a minute. But first, Matt, let's start with the game on Saturday and how important it was for the Bills to get this victory, albeit only by three points. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter on the scoreboard necessarily for the score, but how they played does. And to get the team to... Uh, the offense to play as well as they did, the defense to play, play as well as they did, especially early on for the starters. How critical was that for this group? I think a lot of people probably needed to see that to breathe a little bit. And I think maybe the coaching staff kind of falls in the same boat. Just it was a very uninspiring performance against the Steelers. A lot of mistakes, a lot of sloppy play from the offensive line. This game against Chicago, it was only one drive for the starters. It wasn't perfect, but it was really clean. They didn't find themselves in super not manageable situations. They didn't have a bunch of third and longs. They didn't take a lot of stupid penalties. I actually think on that drive, they didn't take any penalties. They marched down the field very methodically. Josh Allen made some Josh Allen plays. Stefan Diggs made some really nice catches. You'd love, you know, to see you loved seeing Damian Harris get the carry at the two and get into the end zone. We talked about on the podcast a little bit ago, Warren Sharp, who does a bunch of stuff with analytics in the NFL, had a really deep dive on how bad the Bills have been 
goal line or you know goal line situations and he basically considered inside the three and a lot of that is because they have not had a running back where they can just turn around hand the ball to and know that they're going to get in Damian Harris does that on his carry I think Damian Harris this was our first chance to see him in game action he looks like he's got some gas left in the tank so overall I think you were really impressed with how they looked on that one drive and then that was enough it was like okay guys good job Definitely better than it was the other night. We'll see in New York on September 11th. So overall, I think it was a promising sign for the Bills. And I think that their offense still should be kind of this team's bread and butter going into the season and really for the entire season. Yeah, you know what I like too? I know it sounds weird, but I actually like the fact that they were stressed a bit on the offensive side, even though they played really well and they scored a touchdown. Right? They go down the field, they score. They were faced with three third downs. Um, mm-hmm. A couple a little bit longer too, but they... They had to convert those. I like that. I like that they had to be put in those situations. They were a bit stressed. They had to convert. They did convert because you know, Matt, I mean, I shouldn't say you know. I think we both kind of probably think if they don't score that first drive, maybe these, maybe Josh Allen goes out there again. But it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you did your job. Josh and Steph, you can sit down because the starting offensive line still stayed out there. They needed to get some reps. But I think this group needed it. They needed to feel the pressure. They needed to be stressed. It wasn't like they went two plays and scored. They went down the field. It was a nice play, a nice drive. I think nine plays, I think, is what it lasted total. It was a nice drive. It's exactly what they needed. Josh was finding different receivers. They ran the ball pretty well. So this was the kind of drive I think you needed. It wasn't just the fact that they scored. It's how they scored. It's how the drive unfolded, I think, that was super important as well. Well, I like to see the usage of some of the new pieces that they had, too, especially on that drive. I already mentioned Damian Harris and then Deontay Hardy. Deontay Hardy almost played the role of what Cole Beasley did for this team for a long time. It's like, okay, you need a cheap, easy completion that's going to get you six, seven yards. Where are we going to look? And in this instance, it was Deontay Hardy. And then the same thing with Stefan Diggs that it's always been. You need a first down. Where's Stefan Diggs, especially if they're playing man coverage? Diggs is going to beat man coverage every single time. Those are easy pass and catches for guys like Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. So I think that they kind of did a lot of the things. You never game plan too much in the preseason, right? I don't think what they did against the Bears is going to look a ton of like what they're going to do against the Jets when the season actually starts. But you want to see that chemistry that those guys have because I do think that that carries over. The only thing I guess I would have liked and seen more of would be Allen and Kincaid. But you can't really complain given what they did. They went down the field, they scored, and then they took them off the field. So after that, I mean, there, there's really no complaints. And then the defense did their job as well. Three, three and out by the Bears. Offensive starters, by the way, to begin the game. And I don't know if people realized, Matt, in those six plays, they totaled two yards. They had two yards against the Bills starting defense on the ball. That's a really nice job by a defense that also didn't perform as well as they wanted to or should have last week. Yeah, and the thing that I think of when I think of those two drives were big plays from Christian Benford on DJ Moore, and just they just looked steady. It didn't look like they were scrambling like they did against the Steelers. They were not, you know, that that's kind of what happens when you're playing from favorable down a distance. When it's third and 10 on back-to-back drives, you give yourself a better opportunity of getting your defense off the field and getting your offense on the field. The Christian Benford point, though, is one that's interesting to me because I wonder, has Christian Benford become the favorite to be cornerback too? I think for a while we thought Dane Jackson might be the guy that wins that job, but given how they were used in that game and that he was the first to come off of the field after making those nice plays, it makes you wonder if Benford has won the job. Yeah, I I don't wonder. I think he's going to win the job now. I, that's what yeah. I, I, I've been saying for about a week or so, maybe a week and a half on the radio, that I think Christian Benford has been put making a late push 
to be the number two corner and be the starter. I, I think that what we saw on Saturday is an indication that he's ahead of him now, and they wanted to see that, to see how it looked, to see if they can confirm their, where they think it is. I think Christian Benford lines up as the starter opposite Tredavious White week one. So, yes, I think the answer to your question is yes. To me, it's I, that he's, he's the starting quarterback. I was going to say, I think we can put a bow on probably two position battles. So, Christian it's Benford. Not, I, I'm, I'm making it sound so clear-cut. I mean, obviously, it could be still Dane Jackson. I just... I think every indication from Saturday with how often, how, how yeah. he played with the starters and then how he performed adds up to me to say that I think he's the number two guy now. I So I think Benford has won that job or is trending towards winning that job. And I think Osiris Torrance has legitimately yeah. won that job. That one, I think we can put a bow on for sure. The ones that still remain are linebacker. I have no idea what they are going to do at linebacker. I honestly think... Terrell Bernard might be the favorite to win the job just because in their minds, he's got to be better than what they've seen from Dodson and from Klein. That is if they don't go out and try and get somebody. And then after that, backup quarterback is really the only other position battle a lot of people have been talking about. I think Kyle Allen gets the spot, but also given the fact that they were trying to trade for Trey Lance, it would not shock me if they were making some phone calls around the NFL to see if there's any other backup options that they like better. Maybe they make a trade with one of the 10 draft picks they've already got. Maybe they wait and see who gets cut from other teams. I just have not been overly impressed with either of those two positions. Linebacker, the starting middle linebacker spot to replace Romain Edmonds, and then backup quarterback. Those are concerns for me. We've gotten a little ahead of ourselves, so I just want to dial it back if we can for a second to the game on Saturday and and talk, talk about a couple things that went right or wrong. Um because there were guys that helped themselves and there were guys that did not help themselves. You mentioned one, Christian Benford, I think, helped himself. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if Andy Isabella helped himself. He had no. the fumble, didn't really do anything special. He's been kind of the talk the last few weeks, right? And how about just the special teams units? I, is there any concern no. here or is it, hey, these aren't really guys who are going to be on your special teams. These are guys who are kind of seeing if they can play special teams because they might have to fight for a roster spot. I think there's a little bit of a concern because it's kind of been – different mistakes in every game. You had a mm -hmm. missed field goal. You had a missed extra point. You had a big punt return that you allowed. You had a kick uh, punt blocked. You had a big return that you allowed on a kickoff. So like, these are different mistakes that they have made all across the board over the three games. So a scale of one to 10, I'm at like a five, like a little mm -hmm. bit concerned, not the sky is falling. You just can't have these mistakes in the regular season, especially against competitive teams, because those can ultimately be the difference between a win and a loss. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about Kyrie Elam in a minute, but two other defensive backs who actually really did a nice job and helped themselves both from the university of Buffalo. How about Jamarcus Ingram and Cam Lewis and the performance that both them had both in different ways, Jamarcus Ingram, Ingram with an interception and mm -hmm. then, and he jumped that route. It was a great read. And then Cam Lewis was just, he is so physical for his size. He's he's kind of like Taron Johnson in that mold, right? And they had him playing safety, which is really interesting to kind of wash out the numbers, which we'll talk about. But I thought both those guys, and by the way, along with Sir Ian Neal, who had two pass breakups in the end zone, this is a really deep secondary. It's a really deep secondary, and it makes you wonder what they'll be able to get away with because not all of those guys are going to be able to make yep. this roster. So it's like, okay, which ones do we feel confident that we can get to our practice squad? Do they try and potentially make a trade and move out some of that depth for maybe an offensive lineman, an area where they don't have a yep. ton of depth, especially a tackle? Do they try and get a linebacker? 
these are going to be a really interesting couple days for the Bills leading up to that 4 p.m. Tuesday deadline because I think there's a lot of different factors in play here. And then obviously the question about Von Miller, what happens with him? Will he be ready to go? Brandon Bean said of the broadcasts, trending in the right direction, some mm. good signs. Like, I don't think you say that on accident, right? I, I don't think he would have said anything if Vaughn has no chance of being on the roster. I agree with you. Um, come on, guys. So let me ask you this. Was the Darrington Evans run at the play of the preseason? Yes, for the Bills. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was. Yeah. I mean, it was a really it was a really impressive play. And it's even cool that he posted after the game that he almost did not make the game. He took a commercial no flight. Why. People make. are asking me, why wasn't he on the flight? Because I'm on the flight. I'm like, I don't know. I just know he wasn't. He doesn't said it he feel like doesn't it feel like every year a running back does something in the preseason to make it's like a running back and a wide receiver every single year kind of make themselves the darling of the preseason. So you had Evans this year. Of course, nobody tops Christian Wade from a couple of years ago. Everybody wanted to talk about them. Blackshear was last year, I think Raheem Blackshear. And a lot of people were really upset. He didn't make the team. Jonathan Williams years ago, I think was another one that everybody was all up in arms about. Is there anybody that I'm forgetting? Uh, there might have been one like two years ago, and I can't remember his name now. And I have to remember. I have to go back to that preseason. Let me see if I can find it. But you're right. And like, by the way, I think even Ty Johnson did a nice job. Look, these guys, Ty Johnson isn't going to make the 53, I don't think. But no. the reason why the, these things are important are they're guys that now you say, okay, we got them here. We got to look at them. We'd like to keep them in our organization. Maybe they they get a job in the practice squad and can be used as an elevation in the year if there's something does happen to a guy in front of them. That's why you get them in. That's why you get a look at them. I like the Ty Johnson move just because Damian Harris has been a little bit injury stricken over the course of his career. So to have kind of a more veteran running back ready to go and stowed onto your practice squad, Ty Johnson has played important snaps in the NFL before. I don't think the sky would be falling for the bills. If you had to play Ty Johnson as your number two running back for a game at some point, if something happened to Damian Harris to James Cook or Latavius Murray, I think if he was your full-time starter, then you would be like, Whoa, okay, Josh, you're throwing it 40 times this game, but it's just a nice break glass in case of emergency guy to kind of stow away on the practice squad. And, and I think that's somebody who is realistic that you could get there. Anthony Williams. Is that his name? Was it Anthony a couple of years ago? Preseason? Yeah. I don't is remember it? Anthony Williams. I don't, I don't uh, know. A Williams, I'm saying. Was it Anthony? Hold on. Yes. Remember, then he went to um, he went to the Giants also, I believe. I could look. I think that's who it was. But anyway, um, it was an A. Williams, and he had, uh, he had a decent preseason, looks like. Yeah, not great stats, but I think that's a, that's a guy that I do remember. Either way, preseason's over a couple guys also I don't think Justin Shorter helped himself very much in this game specifically but a guy that I thought was looking pretty good Tyrell Shavers had a rough day at wide receiver um had a bunch of targets didn't come up with one and then actually responsible I think for the punt block it was his guy that got through yeah I don't think when I look at the game as a whole maybe I'm just not giving enough credit to one specific game I don't know if there's any players who I think lot, like won themselves a roster spot because of their performance in this game or lost themselves a roster spot. I think it just mm-hmm. kind of gave us more proof mm-hmm. of the guys who we thought were going to make the team and then the guys who we didn't think were going to make the team. Okay, I don't think okay. there was anybody who was like, oh my, like here's a good example. And we'll talk more about the roster coming up in a second. I thought Cam Lewis was going to make the team. I think Cam Lewis kind of validated that a little bit in this game. But I don't think he needed to have a great game to make the roster. I thought he was going to make it regardless. 
I think two offensive linemen could have done that. Now, I already thought I Ryan Vandermark would make it, but I think he secured himself for sure. He might not be. I think Alec Anderson made a big case for himself. Alec Anderson yep. was able to be very flexible. They, they're going to need this because of the injuries and um, and because of um, Tommy Doyle's injury and the retirement of Brandon Shell and moving guys around. Alec Anderson might be that guy who might have won himself a spot. We'll see. Yeah, Alec Anderson is a good one. We'll talk more about that coming up in a second, but I, I agree with your Alec Anderson take. Maybe I, I overlooked Anderson when I made my comment. What about Ryan Vandermark? I already had him anyway, but I thought he was, he was on the team. He was on the team already, and yeah. I don't even think that that was a question, especially given the two players that yeah. you just mentioned, Tommy Doyle and Brandon Shell. Vandermark was on the team. Now the question becomes uh, – let we'll talk about it in a second. All right, well, let's let's do it. We keep saying we'll talk about it in a second, so let's talk about the roster and where we go from here. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so the Bills have to get down to 53 players by Tuesday at 4 p.m. They can do it at any time before then. They can start releasing. They already have had some releases before we um, got on the air today. Do you have the names in front of you, or should I grab them here? The guys that, well, everybody knows what we're um It was it was, n- right. it was nobody who you thought but, uh, was going to make the roster. No, no, but just so everybody knows. Defensive tackle Cortez Broughton, wide receiver Isaac Coulter, safety Jared Maiden, tackle Garrett McGinn, wide receiver Desmond Patman, tight end Jay Sternberger, who did not have a good game, and linebacker Deshaun White all were released already. Shane Ray was released with an injury settlement from IR. Okay. That leaves however many people then. They're going to go through this exercise. The other procedural notes, everybody knows. Even if a player is released on Sunday or Monday, they're not hitting waivers until everybody's released on Tuesday. Waivers for this week for all of these guys don't start until Tuesday at 4 p.m. Then your claim must be in by Wednesday at noon. That's when they'll be awarded. Plus, anybody who's been in the league four years or more is not subject to waivers if they're released. They're simply free agents. They can sign with anybody. Anybody who's less than four years, they can be claimed by anybody else. That is important because of roster gymnastics that Brandon Bean has to play and deciding who can get through waivers. All right, how do you want to do this? Where do you want to start? Do you want to go through any other starting positions or do you just want to start talking about the 53? Let's do this. Let's first talk about Von Miller and then let's talk about the offense and then we can do the defense. So let's start with Von Miller. Based off those comments, I think Von Miller is on the team to start the season. I think I'm going to agree with you, and it's not just based off those comments. It's also based off basically Brandon Bean saying in a in our production meeting before the, the game, lead up to the game, to tell us, I asked him specifically, is this a true decision? I mean, is it, is it just, hey, you're waiting to announce it and you've already had your mind made up? He said, no, it's a true decision. Like, we really don't know yet what we're going to do. They're going to still walk through the exercise with everybody involved and then figure it out. 
So it is a true decision that's coming. So that tells me, based on that and what you said on the broadcast, what you said he said on the broadcast, which is that um, I'm sorry, what was what was the wording he used? He's trending, Trend, in, the right trending in the right direction. Those are words that, that Bills always use about guys who are ready to play soon. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to be on the 53. Here's the biggest issue, I think, if you don't put him on the 53 and keep him on pup. He can't practice. It's not mm-hmm. like you just sit him out for four weeks and he's out there practicing but doesn't play and doesn't count. He also mm-hmm. can't practice. So if you don't have Von Miller on the roster week, uh, on if he's still on pup, he's still sitting out through the first month and not even practicing. And as much as we can all say, well, does he really need to practice, which is a very valid argument. Yes. I don't know if that's what they want to do. Yeah. You need to practice, especially coming off of that injury and going back to your trending up conversation or your comment that you made about that. They were not saying the same things about Tredavious White at this time last year. They were being very cautious with what they said about Tredavious White and made it very clear. We're taking this one day at a time. We're not rushing any decision. I was not at all surprised last year when Trey White started the season on PUP. I don't know if I will be surprised if Von Miller starts on PUP, but I do think that there's a realistic chance that he is not maybe not on the field week one, but on the field week three in Washington or something like that. And I think that's kind of week one, week two, right? That's what I mean. And I think that's kind of the cutoff. I think if you realistically think that he could be back out on the field week three, then you probably make sure that he's on the 53. If you think week three is your best case scenario, then at that point, I think I put him on pup because then you're talking about, a game or two, and maybe you could have some value in a guy like Kingsley Jonathan or Shaq Lawson to be on the roster up until that point. Because if Vaughn is on the 53, they are going to have to cut somebody who's done right at least something in the preseason and training camp. So because the only other option is you keep 11 defensive linemen. I don't really see them doing that. I think 10 is the number. But Matt, to do the what you're saying, to say he's on the 53, but he's not playing week one or two, they're going to probably have to keep 11 defensive linemen because they'd have to keep six defensive ends. I don't think you're going into week one with five defensive ends and one of them is Von Miller who's not playing. You're right, but it's tricky. It's tricky. I I think you could actually. I I don't think that that number is too low. Do you? What? What? So you'd have only four healthy defensive ends for week one? No, I think if you have so you'd have Rousseau, yeah, five, including Vaughn, then you'd only have four healthy defensive ends for week one. And I, I they could do well, it. Couldn't you? I, couldn't they you rotate a lot? I don't know if they'd want to do that. Couldn't you do a practice squad elevation with like a Kingsley Jonathan or Shaq Lawson or something? It's a great call. Absolutely, you could do that. I wasn't even thinking about that. Yes, you could absolutely do that. Um, okay. So you'd probably have to risk losing someone like Kingsley Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Um, or Shaq Lawson, not, not that it, some, he's not subject to waivers, but yeah, that's probably the way to do it. That I think that what you're saying is probably the right thing, which is we're going to put him on the 53. We're only going to keep five total, including him. He's not going to play, but we'll elevate somebody for game day. It's almost like what they did last year with the wide receivers with like the rotation of Cole Beasley and John Brown of like elevating one, John Brown, whatever. But okay, let's specifically talk about offense. I think we might have the exact same 53-man roster projections as far as offense is concerned because one of the guys you mentioned earlier was one of the guys who I have on mine who might not be common across you know all the mock roster projections and stuff out there. So start with quarterback. You have the Bills keeping two quarterbacks, I assume? And they I are do. both last name Allen. 
I do. I don't see any really way that this is not going to happen. I think, you know, even with Matt Barkley's injury, um, you know, and only Kyle Allen getting a chance to play. I know people didn't love what they saw from Kyle Allen and the bills kind of did show that they were willing. Now, here's a question for you off the topic a little bit. If they had traded for Trey Lance, which was a report, would they have just kept Allen, Trey Lance and Kyle Allen on the active roster? I think they would have kept Allen and Trey Lance, and then I think they would have tried to get Kyle Allen to the practice squad. Probably right, and then you do and an put elevation Matt Bar- for that. And put Matt Barkley on like IR or something. Yeah. Wow. That's what I. That's what. That's what I would think that they would if do. If traded for Trey Lance, you'd have to keep him. You can't then release him because he'd, exactly he'd, he'd be claimed. So you and I don't do think. And I don't think you're keeping three quarterbacks. That seems, I I don't think that's goes back to the issue that Kyle Allen hasn't really done anything over the course of the summer to really like solidify that job as the backup. Mm -hmm. I think you could easily get Kyle Allen to your practice squad if you needed to, but they don't have a better option now besides obviously Josh. All right. Um, running backs. I have three plus Gilliam. That's what I have. And they're the same. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, Evans, John Ty Johnson, we talked about. Yeah, I don't um, don't see an issue. You know, I mean, with any of them not being on the fifty three man roster, how many tight ends you got them keeping? Three, and it's Knox, Kincaid, and Morris. I think that's an absolute slam dunk. That's where they'll go. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest probably position to predict over the whole roster. And then wide receiver, I have six. I, I have six. There is a world you can keep seven. I think at the end of the day. I think they take their chances with Andy Isabella, maybe getting him back on the practice squad. Yeah, I have Diggs, Davis, Sherfield, Hardy, Shorter, and Shakir. I think I that agree. they, I think even though Shakir has not had a great summer, I think that if he was cut, he would be claimed by another team, and they do not want to risk that. I think Justin Shorter, even though he has not been consistently good, over the course of the summer, I think he showed enough against the Steelers. I think he's still been trending in the right direction. So I think he's basically a lock at this point. And then the other four are absolutely locks. I mean, Trent Sherfield, I think, is going to be on the field a lot for this team. And obviously, we we talked about Hardy. They look to him a lot. So those guys, I think, I think there's a pretty big gap between the four of them. Then there's a gap. And then it's shorter, Shakir. And then the rest right. of the guys that get cut. Okay. Here's what I think they might do, though. I think they may release Andy Isabella, tell him, hold on for a day. Don't sign anywhere. Hope he doesn't get a really big offer, which he won't bring him back and then put Shakir on IR to miss four games. It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. Um, So really your week one, six would be Isabella in for Shakir. That would be your weeks one through four. And then you decide what happens after four weeks. You're probably right about that, but do you really see them having six wide receivers active on a game day if there's some sort of weird kind of roster maneuvering that they've got to do with like Von Miller potentially? Well, I don't know about game day, but I think on the 53 that have six, yes. You have you have them keeping six, right? I have them keeping six, yeah. Does Shakir does is the Shakir injury seem like it could be something that's that long? Um, it doesn't have to seem like that. It's a way to save a roster spot. You know, I mean so it doesn't yeah, I mean, four weeks. I mean, he hasn't played in two weeks. He hasn't practiced in two weeks. So I think it's a way to make sure that you can have the best of both worlds. Yeah. And if you're not like pressing to get Khalil Shakir out there, but you like what Andy Isabella brings and you don't want to lose him, there's a way to do this. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if you would probably be okay 
without Shakir for a month. If if that's what ultimately costs you a win or two, then you've got some serious problems. Correct. And an offensive line, I got I've got right. ten names. I've got ten names here. Oh, okay. I only have nine, um, but I could see ten. And I think I'm just looking through this now. Um, all right, I only have them keeping nine actually. Oh, so you might have a you might have a sneaky surprise cut. So I have for my ten Dawkins. Here's our projected starters: Dawkins, McGovern, Morris, Torrance, Brown. All five definites. Then after that, Ryan Bates. I would say is their sixth offensive lineman. David Edwards, I would say, is their primary kind of replacement guard. If Bates is your replacement center, David Edwards is your replacement guard. And then I have Vandermark and Alec Anderson. So those are my 10. I have them cutting. So three, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. So you have Dawkins, Morse, yep. Brown, McGovern, Ryan Bates, Torrance. Yeah. Who, who are your last three? Edwards, Vandermark, four. Anderson. That's nine. One, two, three, four. Yeah, I have five, nine. Six, seven. Okay, you're right. I have nine. Yeah, you keep ten. saying ten. I just want to make sure I'm not missing somebody. So you know what? I took Questenberry off of the list, but it actually the math works out because I have okay. if I if I'm between Questenberry and somebody else, I'm gonna give the nod to the somebody else, which will be more on defense. Okay, so I agree with you. And the last spot there came down between, I think, for both of us, Questenberry and Alec Anderson. And I just think that Alec Anderson, as a young guy who's flexible, showed them enough that he could do that on on Saturday that I think that Alec Anderson gets a nod. And you can probably still have David Questenberry back in the practice squad. Exactly. And that's kind of how I've thought about a lot of these, like, tighter position battles of, like, okay – you probably, I don't think a team is freaking out to try and get David Questenberry, and it's not like he has done anything. They like David Questenberry. Yeah. Do not get that twisted. But I think you would rather have Alec Anderson and then just have Questenberry on your practice squad. Okay, that is the offense. Let's talk about the defense. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, it's always game day in Buffalo, and it's time for the final rosters to be complete around the NFL. The Bills have some big decisions to make. Um, before we go any further, Matt, I want to say I am going to give you these four names. Boogie Basham, Kyrie Elam, AJ Epinesa, and Khalil Shakir. And I'm going to predict that one of them will be traded. Ooh, spicy. Okay. Of the four that you said, who do you think is the most likely out of the group? Kyrie Elam. Whoa, really? Yes. Wow. I mean, that would be... That'd Look, be a pretty big trust. I want people to know. I understand Bill's beat reporter, sideline reporter. This is no inside information. This is nobody's told me that I am. I'm speculating like everybody else is out there about what to do with this mm-hmm. roster. And if you're asking me who the most likely would be, he would carry the most value. He is a first round pick from just a year ago. Okay. He's but- behind to me, he's behind two guys. Heck, I'm not kidding when I could say I can make a case for Jamarcus Russell being uh, Jamarcus Russell, Jamarcus Ingram being ahead of him. Here's my question. What are you accepting in a trade for Kyrie Elam? If you're the bills, are you looking for a player at a position where you feel like you're weak? Or are you looking just to recoup a draft pick? I want a player. I don't know if I can get a player. I think that's the route to go. You get a, you get a, a, a starter or at least very quality backup worthy offensive tackle. Or a linebacker. Yeah, but 
You're not. I know it's to start. It's just not going to happen right now. Like that's a guy that had to be onboarded, and you're just not going to put that guy in the middle of your defense right here going into week one. And I mean, unless well, you don't, stud, you can't, you can't refuse and say, but well, you don't have to, two. you could, you could put Terrell Bernard out there. Or you could put, you know, any yes. Tyrell Dotson out there for two weeks. And then you could say like, okay, you know, you're going to do this. And if you prove us that you can, we'll keep you there. But if not, the leash is pretty short. So, okay. I, I have all of the players that you said, yeah, making the roster, my roster. So oh, me too, because I'm not predicting I'm not like I'm not gonna pigeonhole myself and say they're gonna trade this guy. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you that these four players to me would be the most likely candidates to give you something of an asset of worthy enough. Otherwise, they're making the team. Okay. That's fair. How many defensive linemen do you have? And I'm including, you know, tackles and edge rushers in this. Ten. I have eleven. So that okay. might be that That's might be really interesting. I have Von Miller. Yep. On this. Yep. Greg Rousseau. Yep. Leonard Floyd. Mm-hmm. AJ Epinesa. Mm-hmm. Boogie Basham. Mm-hmm. Ed Oliver. Mm-hmm. Daquan Jones. Jordan Phillips. Puna Ford. Tim Settle, which I bet yep. are your 10. And then my additional is Kingsley Jonathan. Okay. I love what you're doing here. I think Kingsley is ahead of Shaq Lawson. If I choose, I'm putting Kingsley ahead of Shaq Lawson. The problem is I don't think they keep 11. I think they only keep 10. I think that's too fat of a number based on what they need around the roster. But I agree a hundred percent with your thinking. And I, if, if it is an 11th, I think it's Kingsley Jonathan. And I think this is where we are going to have our discrepancy. How many linebackers do you have there? Have them keeping six. See, I have five, but my five is kind of the same thing we talked about with David Questenberry. So my five linebackers are Milano Dotson, Dorian Williams, Balin Spector, and Tyler Medikevich. And my thought process was one of two things. Basically, you whoa, cut. Whoa, whoa. Hold on. Okay, go ahead. Because, all right, this doesn't work out. Go ahead. Say it one more time. Unless I'm Milano. You said Milano, yep. Dodson. Yep. Dorian Williams. Yep. Balin Spector. Yep. Tyler Medikevich. They're cutting Terrell Bernard? Oh, my God. I didn't write down Terrell Bernard. I didn't okay. write down Terrell Bernard. That's the that's the math. That's the math that screwed up because I was thinking in my head, I Terrell Bernard is on this list. My thought was that you're gonna cut AJ Klein, you're gonna put Bale Inspector on IR, and then you're yeah. gonna bring AJ Klein back into that spot. I yep. completely forgot Terrell Bernard on this list. Probably okay. just because he hasn't been playing. Right. Yeah. So I have six. Milano, Dodson, Bernard, Williams, hmm. AJ now Klein. Now I gotta cut Kingsley Jonathan. That's ah, there you go. AJ Klein. <laughs> wait, wait. I have them keeping Tyler Medikevich. Not that, not because I think it's necessarily the best move. He's got close to $2 million in salary guaranteed, and they save nothing by releasing him. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're willing to eat that for a guy that you know can play special teams you know, for you and be a core special teamer. I think the money makes it tough to do that. So I have him keeping Tyler Medikevich. I could see the client Spectre thing happening. I actually have Spectre not making the team, but I mm-hmm. think for me it's he probably makes it, then gets IR'd, and you bring him back. Yeah, that's kind of, I, I completely can't believe that I forgot about Terrell Bernard. I think Terrell Bernard might start at middle right. linebacker week one. Man, but I didn't have him on 53. Baby. <laughs> Screw him. All right. Um, six people, cornerback. Is that what you have? Yeah, you have but man, you know. So what do you count Cam Lewis as, a corner or safety? I put he him on safety. safety Saturday. I, I put him as a safety. I've been counting but, him as a corner, and I do not have him making the team. 
but so I don't I, know how. I think they love him, and I don't know, man. It's crazy. I could see, I could see five states, I guess, but I don't know. Who do you have? Tell, tell me what. How many total DBs do you have? Eleven. Me too. Which ones? Trey White, Taron Johnson, oh, no, Christian Benford. Okay. Okay. So for me, it's Trey White, yep. Taron Johnson, Christian Benford, Dane Jackson, Kyrie yep. Elam, Saran yep. Neal. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you have all those people. I do. And then Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Taylor Rapp, Damar Hamlin, Cam Lewis. Yep. Okay. And I think I want to do that. I just can't figure out where I put, where I take off for Cam Lewis. Cause I think he makes it because I, th- I want him to make it. I, I'm trying to put Cam Lewis on the team. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. He's like that guy. He's the 53rd guy, but I don't know how. Maybe it washes out at linebacker. Maybe there's another movie made there. Maybe they don't keep Tyler Medikavich. You know what I mean? I- maybe, maybe, maybe they keep five linebackers and they don't keep Specter and they don't keep Klein. Right. And then they just elevate Klein and don't like make him, you know, a permanent player. Who, who do you think's higher in the depth chart for them right now? Dodson or Klein? <laughs> um, you know, it's I didn't say who's going to start because it still could be Bernard. Who do you think's higher in the depth chart? Dodson or Klein? I think. I think it might be Klein. Well, then, if you say I know, that, then why would you just I, release Dodson instead of Klein? I, maybe you like the. I think Dodson gets claimed or goes to a different team. He is cheaper. He's uh, he was you know he's on a minimum deal. And I mean, he's Klein, Klein's a little older. And, he is cheaper. And I don't I don't think he's got four years. Does he? He's more. Uh, Dodson does not. No, I think this would be his last year. Where AJ Klein, like, if you cut AJ Klein, I do not think another team is signing AJ Klein. I think you get him back to your practice squad pretty easily. I'm gonna look at Dodson real quick just to make sure here. I think, I think Dodson's he's 20, 2019. He's three, no, he's a no twenty. He he came in in twenty twenty. Okay, yeah. So so there you go. Um, I don't know. I think it, it's tough because neither of them has really impressed this summer. I think Dodson just You know what? Sometimes- he was 2019. I have to check and see. Remember he had the the suspension. He, yeah, I, I see if he's an accrued. I don't think he has four accrued seasons though. That's why. And he shouldn't and that's why he was actually an RFA I think when they re they signed back this year. That's why. Yes. That to me linebacker is the biggest concern on the entire team. Now, that being said, Go score 35 points a game, and who cares? Your offense should be what wins you a lot of games in the league, but I don't feel good about any of the people they have at linebacker. I think before he got injured, it was kind of a two-horse race between Dodson and Bernard. I don't think Dodson has done anything to solidify that job, and that makes me wonder if Bernard is going to start practicing this week, would they roll him out week one, even though he did not play in any preseason games? Just because they think, well, he's got to be better than what we've had there for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm looking at a couple of different sites here. According to over the cap, um, Dodson would still cost you two million dollars with no cap savings to release. And I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't think you want to do that. Whereas you could actually save almost a million by releasing AJ Klein. And look, so, this matters for a team that's close to the cap. Right? Yeah, it does. I 
I, I think that they might still try and find a linebacker. That does not mean that they have to play yeah, week one, but I think of all of the things they're looking for, I would bet linebacker and backup quarterback are the top two on their list. I, I know a lot of people will say like, okay, but what about tackle? I agree with you there. I think that that could become a problem, but I think right now the other two spots are a problem. I think linebacker and backup quarterback are a problem. You hope that backup quarterback does not become one, but if you talk about an injury to Josh Allen, you need somebody who can at least keep the team afloat for however long that is. And right now, I do not know if Kyle Allen could win football games for the Bills. So I'm counting my list back up. I think I might have 54. So I have to trim again. And if I have to trim someone off this list, I think I'm trimming Tyler Medikevich just so, you know. So if I do have 54, that would be my guy off this list. Um, again, I know there's some money there. I just talked about it. But I just don't see how the math works out for a lot of these guys. I I still Is there anybody who could surprise? Is there anybody who could surprise yeah. us? Surprise to be like on or off? Off. Justin Shorter. Really? See, I don't. I think I. I think they would cut Shakir before they cut shorter. I don't. I think they'd cut shorter before Shakir. Fifth round pick this year. That's yeah, tricky. I mean, it, I, I, I agree, but I mean, hey, look, they played. They played this same game with Isaiah Hodgins for two years. They finally, ultimately, lost him. Uh huh. I know. I. I the, the thing that's tricky about Shakir is right now banged up also does not provide you with the same special teams impacts that shorter should. And that's what they go back to. We drafted him because we think he can earn a Jersey on game day. Like they weren't just talking about him as a wide receiver. They were talking about him as a special teams player. He's a gunner. So, be a gunner. so I mean, he's a freak athlete and I, I don't know. Shakir is so weird. Cause in that first preseason game, he makes some great plays and then he drops the one. And it's like, what are you going to get out of him? Are you going to get those spectacular catches, but then kind of these weird drops that you're not expecting? How many catches does Khalil Shakir need to have for him to be worth a roster spot? I don't know the answer to that. But last year, I think he had like 12 or something. And that's certainly not enough. You know, it's funny is if you uh, type in names now, do you ever see how it says like continue your journey because you were looking at this guy a lot? Maybe. I've clearly looked at Khalil Shakir a lot. You know how many catches Khalil Shakir had last year in the regular season? The regular season? Like, not many. Like, less than 10, maybe. 10. 10 oh. on the dot. What yeah. does he need to have to be war- to warrant a roster spot this year? 20? How many? I, I, yeah, I guess so. I don't know if you even... That's kind of chicken and egg argument for me. I think the way he warrants a roster spot is the fact that he can play inside, he can play outside, and he can return punts and kicks. Yeah, but but... Surefield can play inside and outside. Deontay Hardy. Yeah, but those guys are already making the team. Like this is coming down to, you know, this is coming down to your last couple decisions. Uh huh. I don't. I think he makes the team. I just don't think. I I don't know who I would put ahead, him or shorter, and I'd be really interested. That's a tough call, especially if he's not. What about what I said earlier? I said earlier that maybe he's a guy that they could look to deal. Do you Shakir? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I think you would be, I guess, underwhelmed with the return. Like if you're trading probably Shakir, right. you're probably yes. getting a seventh round pick. Right. But I, I think and at that, that that's, point, it's probably not worth it, right? That's in play. A, a lot of this, once again, comes back to Vaughn. Because if Vaughn Miller is ready to go, then you can start to have the conversation of like, would you move Boogie? Would you move 
Right. Jack Lawson, would you move Kingsley Jonathan before you even make your roster decisions just to see if you could potentially get something for any of those guys? Well, first of all, I don't think you're getting anything for Kingsley Jonathan. I mean, probably not. Probably not. I do think Boogie Basham or AJ Epinesa could get you something. I do wonder which one you think would get you better return. I mean, granted, I, I, I go ahead. Epinesa would get you a better return. Really? So I think Boogie. I think Boogie, because he's, of, he's, he's got two years left control in his contract, whereas AJ only has one. You're right about that. Also, Boogie Basham has a little bit of like position flexibility because you can move him inside and you can move him outside. Yes. Epinesa is pretty much just a, an edge. But Epinesa had six and a half sacks last year. I know. So I think if you're a team and you're yeah. looking and you're like, oh, we need a depth defensive end or a depth edge rusher, whatever you want to call them, like Epinesa had six and a half sacks. That is not bad, and I have no reason to think that that number would plummet this year. I, I still think – I think they like both of them. The yeah. way that we heard about Boogie Basham a couple weeks ago, it seems like the coaches really like him, and then Epinesa, obviously they like him. He had six and a half sacks last year, and there were times when he was starting last year. Who's who's a surprise for you? Maybe who could be off or could be on. If you – if it – it would still surprise. I guess it would still surprise you, but you'd be like, you know what? Maybe I should have seen that coming. I'm looking at the defensive line, but there's nobody who I think makes any sense. Then I'm looking at. And we're inclined. No. No. Just too tough. No. Too much depth there. I don't know. I, I've thought about Ingram because he has looked good. He's looked good. He played last well, year against the Dolphins in the Heat. He actually had to go out there and play. But what yeah, do I mean, you? There's a guy that's they like. It's weird, man. They, you're, this you're team, not, yeah, this team is good. It's got a really good roster. Like they're 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 so deep. They really are. I know all these people. Oh my god, hole here, hole there, window closed, and a, my gosh, these are not the same conversations that 31 other fan bases are having. You know what I would have said maybe, but he didn't play, and I think he didn't play to save like the tread on the tires is I wonder if they would have kept two running backs and Reggie Gilliam and then cut somebody. And if they were going to cut somebody, I would say, okay, they keep cook Harris and Gilliam and then cut Murray and hope that they can stow him as kind of like their veteran Duke Johnson from last year, but they didn't play Latavius Murray in this game. And I think that's because they know he's going to be on the team. Like oh, Latavius yeah. Murray was not on the field against the bears, but they, but yeah, they and I don't think Reggie Gilliam, I don't think Reggie, Reggie Gilliam doesn't factor into the running room, running back room really at all. He's really more of a tight end than anything. I think he's actually, especially the way they want to run 12 personnel. Like if you're, yeah, I don't think you look at Reggie Gilliam as any sort of factor. He's a special teams and tight end, you know, basically can play a little fullback or running back. Yeah, but I'm not really list. I'm just saying like for the sake of, you know, if it's four tight ends and two running backs or three and three, whatever, like Quentin right. Morris is Quentin Morris is making the team. Yes. And By the Gilliam- way, can I tell you, I think Quentin Morris has had an outstanding preseason in camp. And we talk all about Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox for good reason. This is the forgotten man. I think he's been really good. Yeah, I think so too. I think that given the amount of, 12, 11 and a half personnel, whatever you want to refer to it as, given the amount of times they're going to have two tight ends on the field, I think they need to have the insurance policy of a guy like Quentin Morris, just in case something happens to either Knox or Kincaid. I don't think you want to completely change your offense if you have a guy get injured for even a couple weeks. And I think you would feel pretty comfortable with Morris kind of sliding into either of those roles, at least in the short term, and also maybe catching some teams off guard. 
because he made a couple plays last year. He didn't make a ton of plays, but I think about the Miami game in the snow. He had a really nice catch in the corner of the end zone. Obviously, he had the nice catch against the Bears the other day. So I think he is somebody who could potentially, you know, get on the field. They, do they we have, both have, they do have we both such have a hard Lawson decision. Not making it? Yeah, we both have Shaq Lawson getting cut. I'm not so sure that's right. <laughs> I mean... No, but I, who? But who else? Like I, I think Epinesa. I think Epinesa and Basham are both ahead of them. Both ahead of him. I guess the only way he makes it for me is if one of those guys gets dealt, which I'm predicting someone does somewhere. But, so. but even then, do you think he makes it over Kingsley Jonathan? Yeah, that's a good point. I just said earlier, I don't think so. I think Kingsley is ahead of him now because I think he's got the upside. And I, and I By also the way, he played he played well again on Saturday, Kingsley Jonathan. I also think Shaq is another one of those guys. Shaq is more is different than the other ones. I think Shaq Lawson will get phone calls to go join another team if they cut him. I think he is still a good enough player to be mm-hmm. playing in this league. I mean, he was decent last year. I just think for the Bills, for a guy who is going to be on the field ten snaps a game you might rather have the upside of a younger player in Kingsley Jonathan. I mean, Kingsley Jonathan, Shaq Lawson had his moments too. But when you think about the Bears game last year, the one that was freezing cold, like Kingsley Jonathan in that game was great. So it makes you wonder, is there more to this guy? Is the ceiling higher? Because I feel like they're going in opposite directions. Mm -hmm. Kingsley Jonathan kind of trending up. Shaq Lawson kind of trending down. Or at least plateauing, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, He's now, you figure Shaq Lawson was 2015. He's been in the league a little while. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, to your point about getting calls, I don't disagree with that. He probably would, but he was still a free agent pretty late in the process. Like they brought him back later. Let me so ask you this. Not like he had a ton of teams beating down his door. No. Let me ask you this. Are the two quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Kyle Allen, or do they make a move? I think those are the two quarterbacks. Um, it won't be for it, they. I I do think they'll still continue to look around to see and think about their situation. But Matt, there's a lot to be said for a guy that's been here for this many months versus somebody you have to learn a new offense that quickly. He's going to back if you have to go into a game if something were to happen, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you could still say, yeah, you got Matt Barkley in the practice squad, and you could elevate him. He could be your number two, and you know, uh, Kyle Allen. You could even do that with. But the point I'm making is like they've made an investment here. With this quarterback who's been with them for several months, I think it's a little different than just an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman that you decide to move on from. You're right, but I think there's two things to look at here. One of them is the fact that they were trying to trade for Trey Lance and that they did not even shy away from it. They're almost telling on themselves there. And the second thing being Kyle Allen has not had a good preseason. Kyle Allen has been okay. He looked good against third and fourth stringers against the Steelers. He did not look good against the Bears. He, he didn't look terrible, but he completed like 52% of his passes against backups for basically the entire game. And Too then in the first game, and then, and then in the first game, he really struggled. Well, really struggled is probably a little bit too harsh. He was fair, and that's probably the best term that I can come up with. I, I just don't think he has done enough to say like, okay, Josh is hurt for three games. Obviously, the opponents matter. But if you're without Josh Allen for three games, can he win you one of the three? Because I don't know if he can. Uh, Yes. You know why? Because the rest of the team is good enough. You don't have to have him win the game. You just have to not lose it. Well, that's what I think that's what I would be concerned about. 
I mean, yeah, look I, at some look. I mean, that interception that he threw. I mean, he's thrown multiple interceptions. He had the fumble. I mean, he threw some really errant, erratic passes, and especially in the Bears game, where it's like not even close. Those are the things you'd be concerned about. Yeah, I guess I look at it a little different than you do, which is it's preseason. They're not game planning. He's going to mm-hmm. probably try to make some passes he probably wouldn't in the regular season. And if you are in that situation, you're going to insulate him a little bit. You're going to have a good game plan. You're going to run the ball, play some defense. You're not going to put him in those situations. And this team's good enough to win games like that, right? Because the, because as I said, you know the roster is so good. So I I don't I don't love it. I'm not telling you he's going to go out there and he would go five and four over nine games. But I think you can get by for three games, win a couple of them. I think you'd have to have a different structure of your offense and the way you play. But I do think you get it to the end of the fourth quarter and still, you know, be on the right end of the scoreboard. Before we go, let's stay on. Let's stay on this for a second. I want to ask you. Yeah. Because you just brought up an interesting point about Lance and them telling it themselves. Yeah. Like, do you really do you think the trade, the reported trade inquiry and offer for Trey Trey Lance was because of the backup quarterback or because they like Trey Lance much? I actually think it's because they like Trey Lance more. Than right. it is anything to do with Kyle Allen or Matt Barkley. I, agree I bet it goes back to their draft process yes. and being like, ooh, we like this guy's skill set. Because the thing that, if you remember, when they had that draft, they had all of these quarterback prospects all featured in a, in a commercial that ESPN was running for the draft. And Josh Allen did Trey Lance... His they he did uh-huh. his commercial and it was like something about the doubters and he was like don't listen to them because obviously right. there's so many similarities and where they came from and where they played college and all this stuff so I, I think they thought okay his skill set behind Josh Allen learning from him could potentially be an asset for us down the road and yeah. I would have loved it I would have loved it if they did it and I know the Cowboys gave up what they gave up I'm assuming the Bills were trying to get him for a fifth or a sixth round pick, but even for a fourth, I would have said, okay, like I, I think that's smart asset management given what he was drafted for not that yeah. long ago. Listen, if the Bills had him even graded as a second rounder, which wouldn't be a stretch, they might have, why wouldn't you two years later be willing to give up a fifth rounder for him? I mean, yeah. you graded him that highly, and he's still cost control for two more years, maybe three if you want to pick up a fifth year option if things go well for a couple of years and you kind of restructure something or whatever, either way, still in two more years under contract, young guy, the Cowboys are paying less than a million because all the bonus money's already been paid out. I mean, this been a really nice deal for the bills. They would have kept them on the roster. Then you would have had a decision to make. I th- think it's really interesting. And it does bring into question what they think about their backup quarterback position uh, going into Tuesday. All right. Anything else that we left on the bone here? We got to get going, um, but anything you want to touch on that we haven't discussed? No, not really. I think that overall, the preseason, you would consider it a win. No disrespect to Tommy Doyle or to any of the guys who got right. injured. Tommy Doyle, obviously serious, but you go into the preseason trying to be as healthy as possible. And the guys who are going to play significant snaps for this team are going into the final weeks of practice before the regular season healthy. So I think you probably you know, chalk that up as a win. And and I hate to say that given the situation with Tommy Doyle, I think Brandon Bean said on the broadcast that he tore the other one. So I'm assuming he was referring to the other ACL that what he tore last year, which is just awful for that guy. So it feels a little bit crappy saying that because somebody did suffer a significant injury, but it is unfair. It's unfair for that dude. And that just sucks. But you know, I, I think overall, 
you'd say, okay, like going into the Bears game, I think most Bills fans are watching that first drive holding their breath. They want to see the offense look good, but they're holding their breath every time Josh throws the ball or every time Diggs makes a catch. And now that you're like, okay, just get through a couple weeks of practice and you're going to have a healthy squad on the field on September 11th. Well, Tuesday at 4 p.m., all teams must be down to 53 and then let the waiver madness begin. Claims will be in and known and awarded by 12 p.m. on Wednesday. And again, doesn't matter when you're released. If you're less than a four-year player, everybody's in that same waiver pool this week. And then the Bills will finalize their roster. Let's always remember that just because it looks like the final 53 is there, it doesn't mean it's the case. They could very well claim somebody from another team and then have to release somebody. So there's going to be a lot to talk about as we go forward here, Matt. It's going to be really, really interesting week, buddy. Absolutely, it will. We'll be ready. We've got you covered at WGR. We've got you covered at Channel 7. And I am so pumped for regular season football.